Good evening and welcome to another episode of 48 Shades of Football, uh, Korea's only English language podcast recorded in the rain on the Friday night in the UK. <laughs> yes, we are in the UK tonight, um, somewhere where Mark doesn't dare to come, although that's not the reason he's not here tonight. Uh, I am instead joined by three special guests, the, the boys from K-League K- United. Uh, welcome, boys. Hi. Evening. You might want to say who you are. Ah, I can yeah. do that, yeah. I'm Matthew. I'm Paul. Ryan Walters is happy to be allowed here. <laughs> so when it came to choosing tonight's intro music, um, obviously Mark's not here. I was thinking of the song from The Lion King, where Scar and the three hyenas are talking about their takeover. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of us is Scar? <laughs> Me. Well, I'm not into that thing. If Paul, the other Paul is. Star, you're you're Whoopi Goldberg. I'm more than fine with that. That's an established character, multiple lines. It's a good role. Um, but no, uh, I've instead gone for Nelly Furtado, All Good Things Come to an End. <laughs> which could be because Mark's not here and we're going to go, if this goes well tonight, we'll go this way going forward. <laughs> but it also could be because Kyungnam finally lost their first match of the season this, this week. Yeah, that's uh, a bit of a spoiler there, but um, we'll get to that in a minute. They know. So, um, guys, well, I guess we'll start off with the Kaylee Classic mm. recaps. Uh, which games did you see? I saw 2-1 versus Ulsan. Uh, I saw bits of Incheon Gwangju, and um, I sadly and regrettably I saw Jongbuk versus Seoul. Okay, uh, let's start with uh, 2-1. Uh, Suwon, Ulsan, well, Suwon, it was quite even, evenly contested in the first half, second half, Suwon came out, um, they scored a rocket um, to take the lead, and I believe it was, uh, oh, well, that's, I won't even say the score, quite, um, I, I can't remember his name, but anyway, not, not number, guy, twen- not Jonathan. number 20, that's all I can remember, but the, names, the name escapes me, um, and then uh, they came back uh, five minutes later, Lee Jong-ho, Got a he scored a header, but it was uh, the Austrian defender they've got, Vin uh, Bickler. He did a mazy run into the box and chipped it in, and Lee Jong Ho kind of leaning backwards still managed to get it past the keeper. Then pretty brave header on that first one. It was a brave header. There was deep up in the air and everything. And um, then ten minutes later, Ultan seemingly well, they looked as if they had taken the lead again. Um, it was a crossing by I'm going to say Orsic. No, it wasn't Orsic. Always your pick, Orsic. But it was, out, it's Orsic. It was a fact. Whatever it was. Once a watch, Orsic. Always. I don't say his name. Don't give away the secrets of my previews. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, uh, it was a superb header by Yi Jong-ho, and then uh, Var came into uh, action, and further up the pitch, a Ulsan player had been no, Su Su player had been fouled. Right in front of the referee on the second goal uh, for the the second the second in inverted commas yeah and uh, it was right in front of the referee ball, the play continued for a good amount of time before and then the goal was scored when the goal was scored he brought the ref brought it all the way back to that decision that he himself had seen and then cancelled out the goal fortunately for Ulsan they did score uh, somewhere in the last 10 minutes and I'm going to be honest the again the score escapes me 2-1 it was 2-1 though in the end but yeah it was deserved result of full time I thought they looked very good yeah I thought it was a deserved win but like I think that was that was the horror show that can be VAR right like I think I counted it last weekend there were five passes after the foul that they called back at midfield so then we've got an entire build up play 
across in and just I mean the fact that Lee Jong Ho doesn't get that header on the record is just a shame it, it's at the top of the box powerful header upper corner great goal at home fans are into it everybody's excited and then we had I, I think it was 10 very literal minutes that we're waiting for VAR to figure it out and you know I know it's early they got to work out the kinks but I mean it was just a disaster and it took took the crowd out of it and for a league that needs to get home fans into these things I thought it was just really a shame for that game that night yeah, it seems like they haven't had any training at all with the VAR yeah. just, just, here's a computer, here's the game on a TV screen if you see something then maybe just chop the referee over they're just like but then I don't even know what the credentials are of these video referees are they just like, are they apprentices or what like, I mean, because it's that old adage, isn't it? Too many cooks will spoil the broth. That's what's happened now. Too many questionable referees are spoiling the game of football. So. Plus, if we see the Sol Chumbuk game and the use of VAR there, even though they've got it, they're still getting decisions horribly wrong. Well, we'll come to that when we get to that match. <laughs> I, I believe that was a, uh, a good example of VAR, but we'll come to it later. <laughs> the, the other thing about Ulsan is uh, they got rid of, they got a shot of Kova just before yeah they got, he was the vice captain uh, but he, got, he, had, he was stripped of the vice captaincy back in April uh, for poor performances and then yeah they, they shipped him off in the summer so when they got rid of him it was one of the surprising decisions because he wasn't your sort of average run of the mill shitty Brazilian but they don't seem to be missing him at all so far no well they seem to have got even better really since I mean the second in the league now so I think it probably comes from dropping him so early in the season mm. he was out of the team about five games in and like I said his vice captaincy went shortly after so I think they've just learned to play without him um, I think what I would say but yeah I think it is a travesty that he's gone he was responsible for a lot of goals in terms of well, in terms of scoring them and giving them assists last season but, um, I think what it does as well is it, it, it shows to the other players that like mediocrity will just not be accepted like if the manager's willing to do that to the vice captain then it just makes all the other players think well it could be us next you know it's, it's time to shape up or shape out certainly send a message and I think showing a little bit of my Jeonnam bias here like I think that move also made it clear to Lee Jong-ho like this is your team now like if you're going to be our guy you've got to be our guy like obviously Orsha is doing a lot of work on the wings but like Lee Jong-ho has kind of caught fire since uh, Kobo was shipped out so Maybe there was a little bit of a talk in the locker room. Who, who knows? But I think, yeah, like you say, it's a message from the manager to each of the players. And I think Lee Jong-ho responded Shoot well. the rooster to scare the monkey. Yeah. Or, or is it the other way around? <laughs> I know. So I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning all sorts of new Britishisms tonight. <laughs> I think, that's, so a, I think gonna, that's a Chinese uh, proverb. I'm going to attribute everything to the Brits this evening, so whatever. You need to get more of your British slang out before the end of the podcast. Okay, Matt, you also said you saw bits of Incheon Kwangju? Uh, yeah, I saw mainly the the end of the second half, but it was uh, it nil-nil. It be a match I choose to watch, but... It was nil-nil. Uh, Gwangju seemed to be attacking a lot, but no end product, which I'm sure we're going to come to later, how they may have looked to resolve this, but um, Incheon scored in, I think it was towards the end of the match, in the last 10 minutes and then Inchon scored again but that goal was ruled out for VAR it was uh, supposedly offside Modern Soul a, uh, an Inchon United supporter put up a gift that seemed to suggest oh no the VAR was wrong but I, I've watched it several times and I think it's marginal you could, you could have given it either way he looked like he had possibly just gone but there was no as often with Kaylee broadcasting there wasn't that 
they didn't pause it at the right moment for you to get a good angle on it. With, with VAR, is there a similar thing to what there is in cricket, where it's like ref's call? Where if it's something marginal, they go with what the, the ref gave in the first place. In the, anyone uh, know? In I the, think it must be. I think it must be just like the same having as the linesman. Just the linesman's there as an extra pair of eyes. Because so the VAR referee, but he has the choice to watch the replay and then decide in, what he's yeah, going to do, right? Yeah, in the, I think so. In the Club World Cup, I believe it was supposed to be if it was a penalty decision that the ref called a penalty they'd have to double check it and I believe all goals had to be checked I think they were you definitely had to look at those but otherwise I think I always thought it was going to be a system where the VAR they called over the ref I mean I'm not sure whether that's happening at the moment I don't know whether the ref is going to the VAR because he's unsure Um, but um, yeah I'm not too sure on the specifics I'd like to see I'd like to see the specification of what makes a VAR call. I don't, think, I don't think that they have it. I don't think they have it. I think that's why we've had so many, not issues, but just like inconsistencies or wasted time while they work out what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. They, they need that though. They need to say, yeah. okay. Because like the one at Ulsan, Ulsan game, having a foul that the referee ought to have seen in the middle of the park, that to me is just... That shouldn't be a decision that you go and then check that again. It's the things like offsides, goals, mm-hmm. penalty decisions. Yeah. You can't have everything. Then, then the game will take four hours. Well, that game of baseball. Right. And it's one of the things that slowed down baseball in the States far too much. And, and I don't know how much we want to dive into VAR right now, but the NHL does a really good job with instant replay, uh, the Hockey League over in North America. Uh, all goals are automatically reviewed. Uh, all of the very common things like icing and what would be penalties, like all of those, there's a room in Toronto where there are refs that are specifically trained and everything's automatically reviewed. So they're already watching it. So then when the refs on the ice call, it's this quick 30 seconds, 45 seconds decision and we're back into play. And I think that might need to be the future. Yeah, that sounds like something that we should, we should definitely think about having here. Yeah. Because taking so long to make decisions is just, it's just really annoying. But then you can't go back to what it was like when they first introduced video refs to ice hockey, right? And how long it took to sort out the kinks and... Well, they actually, they did a pretty good job with it because they brought it in... Do you know when it was brought in in, in hockey? I want to say, this is completely falling out of the Ish. air. I want to say five or six years ago, Okay. maybe. And almost immediately they decided, they, have, they call it their war room in Toronto, where they have, I want to say, three or four refs watching different games like they're all assigned to a specific game uh, and they're watching every play and they're, they're making the decisions in real time see I, I assume that we've got modern soul doing it for the K-League because he's always got all games on simultaneously right? I mean with yeah. screenshots and gifts we could just start calling his apartment yeah. the war room <laughs> and I'm if Tim if you're into that I'm into that Bob what is it good for <laughs> absolutely nothing there's your outro music there it is uh, the other game on Saturday was Tegu versus Kangwon. Uh, Kangwon ran away 2-1 winners. Did anyone watch any of that? Anything any, anything to say about that? I had it on the, the picture-in-picture with Suwon at the time because Kangwon is one of the teams that I'm trying to keep an eye on this year, but to be honest, the suwon Ulsan game was pretty entertaining, so I wasn't able to switch over too much. I missed it. Okay. On Sunday, uh, Chonnam played Cheju, which obviously you went to, Ryan. I would have loved to have gone. Uh, I was trying to keep an eye on it while we were at Seoul, uh, Jumbuk, but uh, it was a little difficult. Um, if I can be self-promoting, there is there's basically a review up on KLeagueUnited.com today for the uh, for the 
match preview for Pohong, so there's a nice review of the Jeju match on there, but I didn't get to see it. Note to self, cut out that bit, turn it in. Should I mention our sponsor as well while we're at it? <laughs> Sangju lost to Pohang 1-0. Um, yeah, Pohang have been a bit of a, a sticky patch of form, haven't they, recently? They sort of win and they lose a couple and then back yeah. in with a win there. So, But they're still up there, they're still in the top five, in the fifth at the moment, and it's, it's tight, isn't it, between like second, third, fourth and fifth. There's only a couple of points that separate those teams, so they if they if they win this weekend, then it just they're right back in it again. But um, third, third and eighth are separated by eight points. Right. Well, there you go. Yeah. I've been to the game though, but um, I quite like Paul Wang. I, quite, I like uh, Yang Gonhyun, Yang Gonhyun, the, the striker, top scorer, well, Tied. Joint, joint top Tied, scorer with Jai here, I should mention. But uh, yeah, I, I, I like him. Yeah, they've got a good setup at Pohang, and um, it's not. Ju- I mean, Yang Dong Hyung is obviously grabbing all the headlines, uh, obviously because his goal scoring um, antics. But Shim Dong Un is still there; he's still pulling out assists, not as many as last season, but still getting a few. They've got Lalina in central midfield, who seems to be doing a lot of work linking up with the attack, and he's also, I think, I do believe he's top goal scorer as well. Uh, no, top goal, uh, second top goal scorer. I mean, they also have um, Wanderson, one of the two Wandersons, yeah. the one that played for Dejon, who doesn't know where he plays. Neither of the teams have signed him. Has he actually played for Pohang? He came on as a sub last week. Um, I don't think he started yet, but he's, he's probably not been much fit for a while. But, because when, when we signed him, when we signed for Dejon, he was billed as a, as a defender. And then when we realised he's got quite good technique and he can score a few goals, we just sort of pushed him up forward, yeah. up front, and he scored. So he, Yeah, basically. He, uh, I don't know where he'll play for Pohang. He could play anywhere. But back three. Wing up front. <laughs> First of all, I think he doesn't know where he plays himself. I don't think. The other interesting thing about Pohong, like they are actually a fun team to watch. And uh, football radar's Miro, that we've all met a couple of times, he's doing a really good job of highlighting these small plays that aren't making the highlights, but just like really smart passing. Yeah, yeah. The, the midfield buildup from Pohong right now is matched only by Jeju, in my opinion, of teams that are just actually utilizing their midfield smart off-the-ball runs, short passes, building up, creating their holes, whereas, you know, we watch this league a lot, there's just far too many lobs up top, and right now, Pohong's not doing that, and I think that's why they're getting a lot of results. It's kind of funny, because it's, it's, they're a bit like the Pohong team under under playing, where there's no yeah. massive superstars, just a team of good players, yeah. which is not what he has at Seoul. No, working together as a unit, <laughs> which is what I wanted to see at Seoul. But, but I'm not seeing that so far. Go. Talking of Seoul, uh, they pos- they were. Did they, Seoul, did, they, did they play this weekend? Did they have players in probably the biggest match of the round? Um, that all four of us were there. We may have slightly different opinions about how the match unfolded. And I think we all agree that Park Young was very lucky to be in the best eleven, though the K League official best eleven. I know he scored the winner, but I mean. He had, a, he had a good hand in the um, in making the first as well, though. Uh, what I overlooked is in the first that he got through three John Book players, managed to slip a pass through to Go, um, Goyohan, whose first shot hit the keeper, came out to Park Joo Young, who also shot it straight at the keeper, and then the ball fell to um, Yusung Yeah. Um, what was the final score, by the way? It was 2-1 to go. Seoul. <laughs> Deserved or not? I think it, uh, on the balance of play, a draw, but Dave's games are so needle match that... Any t- either team could have won it, mm-hmm. and I don't know whether the other team could feel that aggrieved by it. I'm, I've mellowed a bit from. I wasn't that angry on Sunday either. You seemed quite happy actually. I was, I was, 
Yeah, I th- it was it was kind of one of those games where I've I've seen John Buck win this season and been angrier. Um, I, I think I do think John Buck tried. They tried a lot better in the second half, especially. But when they went down to ten men, they lost their defensive midfielder. They'd used all their subs. There was just no cover for that defence. And after uh, um, they lost Shin Hyun Min, it was just onslaught after onslaught for the last ten minutes. And you could see the goal coming. And yeah, two one. It's a justified result. You've got three weeks to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Chumbuk had a lot of chances. And if you you hadn't been in goal. It would have been a completely different story, but yeah. Seoul's goalie. Young Hyun Bin is very, very good. He's a very uh, dividing figure now. Deserved team of the week. <laughs> he wasn't him. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was someone who was definitely deserved to be in the team of yeah. the week. I, I, 11, sorry. There, there was a time when he came out, came off his line to block that shot from Lopez. Yeah, mm. and yeah. there was another one the, where the save from the Wookie. He saved two from the Wookie. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, it wasn't that hard. Wookie doesn't exactly direct his head into any of the corners, but the, the, second, he was, the so second, second one was because yeah. it was point blank. Yeah. Um, the only thing I do have to say on him is his attitude after the second goal. Now, I don't know whether you caught what I said. You yeah, yeah, it. He came end. round um, and allegedly speaking to Scotty Blue Wings after this, uh, Scotty Whitelock, he did the same He did the same at the Big Bird when Seoul won the Supermatch. He came round the back of the net and he just jeered the John Book fans and he's just like fist up and you know hands to the ears kind of thing well, and one can only assume he learned it off Jonathan in, in the first half right. of for the game. super match and he's just taking it on but the thing is he wasn't even a figure oh, of um, ridicule from the John Book fans it just didn't make sense why are you coming round to cheer in front of us we haven't Anyway, but there was, I have to admit, there was one or two idiotic John Buck fans who then decided to throw plastic, a couple of plastic bottles at him. Missed. So that's probably, that's what I said (laughs) somewhere on Twitter. It was. Just saying. I said within the John Buck theme for the night. Within the John Buck, yeah. Well, anyway, he he probably got extra points for his reflexes on dodging those bottles. Sad to, you know, idiots, idiots in the John Buck end. But we do know that Dayan is a big fan of uh, Yang Hanbin. Yes, yes, really highly of him. He's talking about how uh, imposing he is. He's got uh, this huge, booming voice that, that he has when he's commanding the box. Yeah. Said it's surprising for someone that young. And I, I yeah. think the thing that Yang does really well that Yu Hyun just wasn't doing is he's not making these acrobatic, spectacular saves because he's a smart keeper positionally. He's just where he needs to be, and I think that's why so many shots are coming right at him is because he's he's reading the game really well for... I mean, for a keeper, he's a baby. Yeah. You know, in keeper years, he's barely even come up. I think he's 23 right now, so he's like 10 years from his prime as a keeper. But he reads the game really well, and he's just where he needs to be. And as far as, like, the antics, even, like, from... Even when Jonathan did it, and you know we were in the solo end down in Suwon for that one, I want to see these things as a fan of the league because as a I neutral think fun, yeah. it, it stokes the flames though. Like I think rivalry is something that's kind of missing from K League. Like there is rivalry, obviously. There, there's the super match, but like I think that like hating another team, respecting but hating another team. If we could have more of that in K-League, I think that goes a long way. I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's provoking. The, I mean, it wasn't at full time. It was after the goal was scored. So mm. that is... Pretty know, much full time. It was pretty much full yeah, time. It but <laughs> it, it was... It, the full time whistle hadn't been called. I mean, we had, you said previously, Jonathan, if this was the... It's not the Premier League or anything, is it? But mm. if it... You know, that's a booking for provoking the crowd in anyone's books. I, I just... I don't quite like to see it. Or... <laughs> 
Hypocr- hypocritically, I would have preferred to have seen it of Park of Park Too Young. I would have preferred to have seen Park Too Young sprint down, sprint the pitch. down, slide on his knees and do it because at least he's hated. At least he's earned that hate. <laughs> He had done nothing, that keeper. I mean, he'd done some good saves, but nobody was... Ever, we, we, we all thought, oh, he's doing, done all right. Uh, <laughs> he'd done nothing to work the crowd, and he just came round, hands to ears, cheering, chanting, pulling the badge, and it was like, oh, get lost, mate. It's, you know, who are you, you know? Yeah, but next time he does it, oh, know, next he's, he's earned it, right? He's got, 40, <laughs> he's got 45 minutes of us for uh, in three weeks' time. See how he handles it as right. a young keeper. Yeah, true. <laughs> Okay, just one more thing to talk about that match is that mm. you debuted something special. Did you not? What's that? Oh, I, you know, we, yeah, I did. So, what did you do, though? You bought it how long ago? It was the Jeju home game when you bought it. It was the, the, I mean, such an exciting nil-nil draw okay. where I may have wanted to pull out teeth instead of watch the second half. Uh, but, yeah, uh, so still Jonam first, obviously, but I did debut my soul kit because... My mantra has always been support your local, and right now I live in Seoul, so when they're not playing Jenham, <clears throat> sure, we'll root for them. Uh, you know, I think it was a perfect game to wear it, because, like, after the match, the fans were ecstatic. You know, everybody, the, the supporters came out with the drums, everybody was dancing and singing, and, and it was fun to be there, but, like, I don't feel that in my soul the same way that I do... Is that a point? Hey, not intended. I don't feel it the same way that like when Jonham scores or something. But uh, it's nice to see fans just enjoying themselves a lot. Because I mean, right? You know, I've seen some like a lot of fans, um, particularly from Dejon, all the teams who are not doing crossing well, just sheer apathy. Yeah. And it was just it was nice just to see like fans leave a game and actually be in a good mood for once, rather than just even even if Seoul win at home. And then just kind of like, yeah, okay, that yeah. was all right. Well, I mean, actually, to be able to enjoy that victory, and, and it you, was nice to see. You and I have talked about this a lot, being a Dejan fan and a Junon fan. Yeah. It, it's just nice to be a part of a big crowd sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I love the Dragons. That's my K-League team forever. But being with 2,000 other people that kind of don't really care about the result, it's not as much fun as being with people that have drums, that have songs, that are singing. So, okay. I'll wear it again on Wednesday. So talking of oh, yeah. clubs oh, with uh, less smaller crowds and less interest, mm. what happened in the challenge this week? <laughs> well, the big result of the weekend, or long weekend, was uh, Dejon finally yeah. finally won uh, two nil over FC no Anyang at no home. No homer bias at all. No, no, not not at all. Gyeongnam I mean, Gyeongnam lost, but to me, the big game of the weekend yeah. was two of the two of the teams, two of the league's four teams. But yeah, I mean. Every time Dejon get a result, I'm always thinking, is this, this, is this when we've turned the corner? Are we finally going to start putting together some results? And then they go and lose. So, we've kept the first clean sheet of the season against Anyang on Monday. We've got Bouchard at home this Sunday. It's not exactly an ideal game to follow it up with, but, you know, the, the league is that unpredictable that you just don't know what's going to happen. Okay. Uh, in other games... Busan beat Elan 3-2. Yeah. Uh, Asan and Ansan played out a boring 0-0 draw. Uh, Songnam drew 1-0 with Puchon. And in the other game on Monday, Suwon finally did what no one else has done and beat Kyungnam. Yeah. With a late goal, was it? Oh, I don't know. I can tell you. Uh, I think just looking No, over... it was it was 2-0. 
to 2-1 and then yeah. Gongnam pulled one back in the second half. Uh, it was 2-0. Oh, oh, all the goals were in the first it was, half. It was two, was it? Ah, right, okay. Yeah. Um, Apologies. So, yeah, they, yeah. Lee Sung Hyun is like, okay. he's, there, he's, he's a good player. Plays on the wing, plays as a number 10. He's their top goal scorer this season. And then Bek Sung Dong comes in sometimes. He kind of like, he rotates with Bruce. Jitae sometimes plays at the top. Sometimes out on the left. So it's good to see him get 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 a goal. But uh, yes, I mean, C1, they had that really sticky spell where they, they couldn't pick up a win. And then... Despite that, they they still managed to be in and around like the top four, like yeah, those yeah. much coveted playoff spots. So if they win this weekend, they're, they're right, they're, they're, it's you know they're locking on the door as it is. So uh, they're one point out yeah. of the playoff spot right now. So because they play tomorrow and not Sunday, if they win, they I think they play tomorrow. They will they they, they could go in the one. Yeah, play on Monday. On Monday, sorry, right? Well then, no, they won't. Well, well they, they have the potential to leave through against Busan oh of course huge match for them and they have the potential to leapfrog Buchan depending on results obviously yeah yeah but I I think with Gyeongnam you know Matt you talked about this a little bit earlier with Jumbuk in a lot of ways getting that loss is kind of a sense of relief because now you don't have this streak behind the team and if you look at the results lately they have had three draws coming into it before the loss so they've kind of been Maybe losing a little bit of that energy, maybe petering out a little bit. So, so you think they've been focusing on not losing rather than being adventurous and trying to win. Yeah. yeah. So now maybe they get that out of their system and they can go back to focusing on the way they want to play. Okay. Before we you talked about uh, a couple of this weekend's fixtures there, but before we get onto the main one, a couple of other things to talk about that happened in the K League this week. Uh, the Korean national team chosen a new manager, yeah. uh, Shin Taeyong, the ex Songnam, the ex the coach that. Coached the Korean under 23 in the World Cup, right? Yeah, and the Olympics as well. Yeah. yeah. Thoughts? I mean, I think it's a wise move to appoint somebody within the organisation, give a young coach a chance, rather than just paying big money for a foreign manager, because obviously clearly that, 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 that didn't work. Um, there's a good chance they might not make it. I mean, they still should try and make it to the World Cup, because they've still got the chance to make it, but I mean, he, he to bring in a foreign manager and then not make it to yeah. the World Cup would be a waste of money. It's better to him, yeah, like you said, promote somebody within, just give him a chance. If he can make it to the World Cup, is that I mean, South Korea, South Korea they've, they've had a terrible qualifying yeah. thing, so if they get to the World Cup, should they should be happy with that I mean they won't be they, they, they will obviously want more but I think yeah good to promote with, from within well I heard I was listening to an MLS podcast today and they were talking about the US who's going into the Gold Cup which is like the Asian Games for North America and they were talking about World Cup winners and I haven't looked this up but they said is there a World Cup winner that didn't have a coach from their country like I, I think foreign managers for national teams is a great idea it's a great thing but has it ever worked at the very highest level? Has there ever been a manager from another country that's taken... I think it depends on like certain regions in the world because having a manager from Europe in, you know... In Asia. In, in Europe, could overtake Korea with a language barrier. Yeah. I just don't think that he's... The players, I don't think, understood what he wanted them to do. I don't, think, I don't think the players understood his tactics. They didn't understand what was expected of them, and then that you, on the pitch you saw that. I mean, yeah. Korea were a really, really frustrating team to watch. Like, I, cause obviously, I, I live so close to the stadium, so stadium. Mm-hmm. I've been to most of the home games in the last like year, 
but I don't know why. I, I go out of like just because it, I, it's, it's it's nearby, not because I enjoy the game. Some of the games are really awful, really yeah. really bad. The, the home game against China, the three-two game, was exciting. They blew almost blew a three-goal lead, but it was entertaining. But since then, it's just been largely quite poor. But yeah. Um, he, he, yeah, he does. I know that I know that he he said they wanted to bring in. Once to show show people that there are good players in the K League, whereas Yuli had like shunned a lot of ignored the K League, ignored the K League, yeah, in large parts, yeah. Just, just by playing abroad, therefore, that qualifies you to, to get picked for your national team, sitting on the bench abroad. Yeah, exactly. So, or even playing in it in like, you know, not even that strong of a league, just because you're playing it abroad, doesn't matter according to him. But, you know, I'm sure we'll go into this at the end of the time, but there's so many, I think, good players that play for K-League clubs that have just been overlooked. Like, I mean, look at, look at the joint top scorer. Yeah. Yang Gong Kyun. Jaya, I'm not sure he's qualified. <laughs> you are. Yang Gong Kyun, uh, he's, you know, he's got I 12 goals. It's only one dodgy pass ball. You might as well call him up for a friend, right? Why not? I mean, yeah. I, I think that was the thing, and I, I'll fully admit I don't follow the Korean national team as closely as I do the American national team or K-League, but it was always disappointing when those rosters came out for what, let's face it, were meaningless friendlies a lot of times. And a lot of guys aren't even getting looks. You know, a lot of guys from K-League weren't even just getting a shout to be in camp. They don't even need minutes. Just get them into camp. Get them used to that national team rhythm and see what they've got in practice. Yeah. You know? So, based on that view, would you not pick the uh, the guy that plays for Barcelona, even though he's young, just to get him into the, the setup? And I would. Because yeah. we, we've seen like teams like Norway pick their 15-year-old guy and yeah. Wayne Rooney, Michael Owen, were playing for England at, at this sort of age. I mean that's a little bit different though, isn't it? Because they were playing for the first team. He's not. Lee Sung Woo is still not in the. He's not even making it into the Barcelona B team. And if no. he can't make it to the Barcelona B team, he's miles away from Barcelona, right? the the yeah. Barcelona team. Well, if he makes the right move, you know, somehow I know he's been linked with a few German clubs. I think if he makes a move, he definitely should start being considered. But. But if you had a choice between saying picking Park Jong and Eason, who would you pick? Oh, Eason, yeah. <laughs> every day of the week, right? I, I just think also, you know, get him in with those veterans, see what he can learn from them. I, and again, like, not every player that gets called in needs to be there to see how they play in a game. They just need to be there, you know, so the manager can get a look at them and see what they might be able to offer. When it's when it's World Cup qualification, that's a different story. But when it's these friendlies that are at home, you got to bring in your talent and see who's there. Yeah, it's why it was very shame to see Korea crash out of the Under Twenty World Cup so quickly because yeah, that was a big tournament for, for both of Barca boys. Yeah, uh, you know, Kesslinger and Islinger. Uh, so like, it was we didn't get to see what they could actually do. I don't think in those, some of the group games where they played quite well, but yeah. Yeah, it, it was. A, it's a big summer for him. Well, for, for both those players, because yeah. if you know, he must he must feel now himself that he can't stagnate any any longer. He's, he's not old, obviously, he's only twenty two, whatever it is. But like, he should be at that age now where he's at least getting some first team minutes he's for, for get somebody. Back for right. The other thing is, you guys pulled off a bit of a coup recently. Mm. Secured yourselves an interview with Dayan. Oh. Um, obviously, I guess most people that listen to the podcast have probably seen the post you made about it. But uh, I was just interested a bit more about the background. So, I mean, obviously, Mark hates Dayan, and he's kind of a, a polarizing figure in K League. Some people love him, think he's great. Some people hate him. I just wonder what your overall impressions of him as a, a person, as a 
person that's got obviously got a good goal scoring record in the K yeah. League. I, I think for me, Dayon fit into the player mold of K League players of just being amazingly personable. I think everybody that we've sat down with, it's you you almost have to remind yourself sometimes that like this is the guy you're paying to go see on the weekends because they're just really happy to take the time out and and I mean I, this sounds like we're you know cushioning it a little bit or patting it but like just really easy to talk to really easy going so I, I, I was no, no a ego. surprised. I mean he's got a healthy ego but you want that out of a player right you know I mean he confident his abilities yeah it made that pretty clear but. In terms of how we, we approached him and how we talked to him, he was just really easy to get along with. And it was any questions that we that were wanted, he was. I was going to ask you, there's nothing you sort of said, like, I don't want to answer that, or I don't want to talk about that. Or, no, he, 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 really. he, he was pretty honest. Yeah, he was pretty honest with, with like, most things that, that we asked him. Um, and he wasn't, like, a prima donna in that sense, where he was like, no, I'm not going to answer this, or, yeah. you know, I. I I mean, we're setting a, a quite a loud bar, mm-hmm. and he wasn't bothered by it at all. And yeah, he was—he was just really. really did friendly. other people around like realise who he was, or was he left um, alone? Well, even the owners of our bar, our, yeah. our, our, the sponsor of the sponsor of our website, they, they didn't realise who he was quite at first. Um, Until we brought in his shirt that he was going to sign. Yeah, he gave a shirt to the to put up in the bar, and then I think that was when the penny dropped that. Maybe they went and like neighboured him. Well, I, I think Searched a couple online of them realised that he came up and then took it. Yeah, they came up and like, oh, hello, yeah. yeah. Asked for his signature to put on the wall in a nice um, laminated A4 sheet like you do in restaurants. Uh, <laughs> well, we're having, we're having another interview with him on Monday. Monday, yeah. so. Was that not supposed to be yesterday? It was, it but. Was. Oh, last week was double training. I don't know whether it was double. Last last week they were training at five. On the, they played, started at five. They yeah. played John Am on the Wednesday away, uh-huh. and then they were in training at five in the afternoon on the yeah. Thursday, so we have to cancel. And then this week, yes, Monday. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think to to go back to like, I think some people when they saw the setup of somebody recording a video game that they were playing at the bar, they kind of started to wonder. I think some people may have noticed a little bit, but I think that's also kind of one of the things that I think foreign players might like in K-League is that you can you can kind of go under the radar and just live your life when you're off the field. You're not going to have a ton of press outside of those of us standing here <laughs> trying, and I'm calling us press, just going on the record <laughs> for that. Sure, why not, right? Um, you're not going to get hassled a lot. You know, you're not going to get the tabloids, and most of the players that I've talked to that played in Croatian leagues or other Eastern European leagues, they also really like the fan culture, which... I don't know if I agree fully, but like the fans are always really supportive. I think sometimes fans could stand to give a little more stick. You're gonna ask him that on Monday, right? We will. That is in the list. Yeah, that's in the list. Uh, if we didn't have severe technical issues last two weeks ago, we would have asked him then. Um, but yeah, I think the players really like that, and I think that helps ingratiate them to doing interviews with guys like us and being open to those kind of things. Yeah, I think it probably suits them that when they feel like being a star or mm-hmm. having some sort of like attention, then they can come to people like us yeah. <laughs> and talk about football but with us for a while. But yeah, I mean, Dan's quite an imposing figure. He's a very tall man with a, with a ponytail and, a, and a, a stylish beard. I'm pretty sure that he will get looks in the round soul. And a penchant for kicking Jumbo fans that may be around the table. I've, I've, I mean, to be honest, that's, yeah, 
Paul's kicking me now, but it was to no extent that Dane did. For a solid hour, Dayan kicked me under the table. And he's like, he knows, he knows. He apologised for it. Apologised. I think he, he knew exactly what he was doing. On Monday, we'll get, we'll get the VAR in then. Yeah, yeah it was a couple of in weeks the before VAR. You know. VAR and the VAR. The fourth time he kicked you, I think, was when we started to question it. Yeah. <laughs> Talking, we did, we did mention the VAR. It was obviously the first weekend it was brought in this last mm. weekend. Uh, thoughts overall? Is it a I, good thing, a bad thing? I, I actually want, I want technology uh, in the game, but I don't know whether I want it in this form. I, I, I think... Um, I still think it needs time. I think it's too early to judge it on a weekend. You've got your penalty you wouldn't have got otherwise. I still think it was a shirt talk. But it I was th- a shirt talk. I think it, it was a foul, but I think those fouls happen all over the pitch. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a penalty, but where's the other penalties and where's the other free kicks for Seoul or for John Book later on in the game or earlier? Um, I think I, I like it. I want it in the game, but I... I'm not sure I don't want the refs to rely on it too much um, it should be there just for decisions that really aren't clear and at the moment as we saw with Ultan I think the referee was using it to justify his uh, rather to, he was going off the VAR rather than his own decision yeah. um, and the other thing is I think if they're going to show VAR to the ref they should show it to, the, show it to the crowd as well so we know yeah. what's going on yes I'll that um, just inherently I don't like it I don't. I understand, like, it's, it's getting calls more accurate. It, it, it might get some of the, like, the grabbing in the box and those kind of things eliminated. But to me, it's taking a lot of the human element out of the game. And I know that's cliche to say when we're talking about video review. But, you know, as an American sports fan that's seen it come into every single one of the sports that I follow, it just grinds games to a halt. It, it just, it is tedious. No one enjoys it. It... it, it I don't care if there's a wrong call. That gives me something to talk about. That makes the game interesting. You know, it, it, I won't bring up a baseball reference. I almost brought up a baseball reference, but then I remember where I am and who I'm looking at. So I'm pretty sure now, Ryan. You have to be careful. So, there, rounders. put here anyway. There was a very important thing that a Detroit Tigers pitcher did. It's called a no-hitter. You guys all know about no-hitter. Anyway. Nope. Okay, so a no-hitter is when a pitcher... Sounds pretty shitty that you got no-hits all the whole game. Not if you're the pitcher, though, because that means everybody struck out, right? It was actually a perfect game. No balls. I get no hitters in no the strike. Oh. Long day all the time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So no hitter is when you don't allow anybody on base at all, right? Watch the Yankees against Russell King years ago. Oh, okay. We're getting way off track here. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, bringing, I'm, bringing, it, I'm bringing it back to VAR. Don't worry. So the end of the game, you need 27 outs, right? They had 26, and the ump at first base blew the call. It's an obvious call. He blew it, called the guy safe when he was out. That is more memorable now than if he would have gotten the perfect game. It's something to talk about. It's going down in history of a baseball team that's been around for hundreds of years. But it's more interesting. It's true, but then in the same breath, like, we talk about um, the World Cup, England against Germany in 2010, mm-hmm. the Frank Lampard goal that wasn't. It was then, when that, when that happened, I was like, right, we need technology. But, but let me, let me post, give you a, a hypothetical question, right? Mm. Sean Nam are never going to be challenging regularly for the league, no. right? But let's say they're top, well, maybe. they're top of the league, final game, mm. uh, they win this game, they win the league, mm. but 94th minute, they get a dubious decision given against them, they draw, they end up not winning the league. You're going to be happy moaning about that for the next 50 years of your life, or would you rather just have the VAR correct it and get the, win the league? 
but I think that's the beauty of football, right? Like, it gives you those lowest of lows and the highest of highs, right? Like, you know, I mean, Jenham's also a team that's been around since 1994, so they don't have, like, the storied history of some of the EPL teams or the baseball teams that we're talking about. But I also think that, like, that's, that's drama. That's why we watch sports. That's what we like about it. It's this up and down. I don't want a robotic perfect system of everything. I want sloppiness. I want mistakes. Yeah, but I think what if technology is something that you shouldn't notice that it's there. So we're like, yeah. we, sh- we have like goal line technology will be. In England we have goal line, goal line technology. We don't notice that it's there. Goals are awarded and then it's just like, okay, the ref knows. He blows his whistle. There's no like re- review or... I think, I think goal, the difference with the goal line technology is it's, it's either it's over or not. It's, yeah. it's only two possible results. Yeah, um, and which is, you've gone back to your ice hockey reference earlier, mm. it's just a slick operation that, that, that fans won't even notice that it's going to be... They don't even notice what's, what's happening. It's like, okay, this has been decided. Okay, it's, we've already decided it. It's this. I, I, the refs now made the decision. If it was like that, where the decisions are made really quickly, then that'd be fine. But what we're seeing is several minutes of just nothing. Because, like you said, Paul, we don't see it on the screen in, in right. the stadium. We don't know what, what's going on. We don't even know what's being debated. Yeah. yeah. We, when we were at the Soul Jumbo game last week, mm-hmm. we were unaware. I, I had to go on online and search for like a clip of the, of, of the goal and the penalty that's the only, only reason how I found out what happened I don't even think they had VAR up on the screen like, no, they, they, they did oh, they, they did okay. facing the jumbo can oh, they, they didn't have it to saw him though I'm sure, well they might have done it so they, they would have done probably the, yeah. they probably done but they yeah. did at some point yeah I, I oh, think yeah, right. in, in, in Korean Ah, uh, uh, I, I think ultimately I would like to have this discussion again but I'd like to have it at the start of next season I think I think we've done we've had one weekend let's see if it gets slicker let's see if it gets worse and then it will get better but, it'll get, it'll but get better your point about like discussion points it's already brought on discussion points for us so Fair. I just think it's moving the goalposts from like clear 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 errors which have been corrected to like how far do you go and so yeah, that, that's my like, issue. Like the 2 on Ulsan game. Yeah. So. That, that's, yeah. yeah, that's my issue. But it's, it's a trial trial period for the rest of the season, and we'll see how they tinker it or do away with it. Or. Yeah, yeah I, I think the more black and white it can be, the better. Like Paul was saying, Paul Meat was saying. Uh, when it's clear cut, like goal line technology is, it's in or it's not. You know, and I think when we can get it to that point, if it's quick, maybe, but I, I still, I just don't like it. Okay. Before we get on to the previews, one last thing. There's a couple of big signings in the K-League this week. Mm. One for Kangwon, one for Gwangju. Han Kuk Yong, surprised me. Kangwon uh, really Kang-won. going for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that they've realised that we aren't going to get an opportunity quite like this again. Or no one's, no one's quite sure how they're funding it, right? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I, I one Resort must just be doing really good business these days <laughs> or something. Uh, it, all those uh, reservations for the... Olympics next year. It's all yeah. that money. It's all like it's all money that's not left it was accounting yet on Booking.com or something. Yeah. It's all just like it will be coming out of someone's account in about six months' time. The Olympic legacy has already been spent. On yeah, that basically. Point. Yeah, and they did just sign a French striker today, I believe, whose name I'm I don't I'm not remembering at the moment. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, Mbappe or whatever his name is. Mbappe. Yeah. yeah. I think the interesting thing about Gangwon, and it would be interesting to see if they can pull this off, is that they they have foreigners on the team, sure, and that, that's why I brought up the French striker they brought in, but 
this is largely uh, bring Korean stars home and see what they can do. So if that business model works, I'm really curious to see how the rest of K-League will react. So I'm really curious to follow them. And then the other signing for Kwanga is, is the kind of thing we've been debating mm. for a long time, right? What would happen if you bring an established guy that's played in, well, in this case, the Scottish Premier League, it's a mm-hmm. relatively high level, bring him to K-League. Is he going to be a star? Is he going to struggle to adapt? Is he going to be prove that actually Scottish teams should be pulling out of the Europa League at the, the pre-preliminary round or whatever it is? <laughs> I think, um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see. I, I He's got the ability, I think, He's about eight, to, well, he's, he's 29, so he's coming into his prime. He could, he could really take the league by storm, but um, so he said he'd done a bit of research about the K League. Mm. Yeah. So what do you think's drawn him to, to Kwangju, which is sitting sitting bottom of the league at the moment, right? Well, he <coughs> Sung Young, uh, yeah. Sung Young's dad is the uh, chairman, or he's on the board at the very yeah. least yeah. of Kwangju. Um, yeah. So I think there's been some talking there. I think Sung Young has had a word in his ear. Come over here. Finish the rest of the season with us. Because they played together, didn't they, at Celtic? Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was at Celtic with Chardy Rui and Ping Song Young. Well, actually, I've said this quite a lot: is that players that are struggling in Europe or coming back after injury could do well to come out to the K League for six months just to yeah. earn themselves a proper move back. Yeah. Well, it's a bit like the uh, Indian Super League as well, yeah. where that happens over a very short period of time, like ten weeks, I think. And it's, it's like a perfect time in, in between like seasons or in Europe or in Asia, mm-hmm. and it just it just puts yourself back in that shop window again. You come over to come over to Korea if you have a good rest of the season. And then that puts you in the shop window, then the January transfer window back home in England or in in, in, in Europe. So it's it's a win-win situation for him, really. Yeah, I think players, players like McGinn can they can benefit from this, and so can the league. You know, like you're saying, I think this is good for him to come over, show his skills in this league, and you know, like I'm rooting for him, but at the same time, if he can't come over and just dominate that league. That kind of says something about K-League as well, right? You know, because everybody assumes, bring over somebody that's played in Europe and they're just going to own them. So, like, I want him to do well because I want more European players to come over here and try it. But at the same time, it would be interesting to see what happens if K-League catches up to him. Well, might, if he does do well, which hopefully he does, it will show to teams that you don't have to go all the way to Brazil. To scout players, yeah. there are players that are played in Britain or in in Europe or, the, or Ireland that could do but, well and will probably be better value for money as well. If, if he's scoring a hat trick every game, mm. isn't that going to validate Korean fans' opinions that K League's crap compared to the EPL or whatever? So we don't it want would. him to do too well, right? Not exactly. too well, yeah. but well enough to that you know he's a goal, well, he's, a goal again, a goal again. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get ahead of yourself. Now. There's been. T- Brandon have said they wanted to sign, uh, score ten goals. He's been given the number ten shirt, and he want they want ten goals. Nine, ten. Yeah. Well, so, put, put your money where your mouth is. Is he going to do well, Ryan? I think so. I think because Guangzhou is a team this year that you know anybody that's watching for ninety minutes, Guangzhou is not a bottom of the table team. They they just can't. They haven't been able to score goals, and that's what he's been brought in to do. And I, I think he's going to play at a high enough level that he'll be able to. He's going to produce goals, but also he's going to be a distraction for other teams. So I, I think Guangzhou's going to get themselves out of the relegation scrap, and, and I think he will do well. Will he get 10? I mean, are we? do we want to put an over-under on 10 goals? Why not? I'd say he's going to get 5 or 6. We won't, we won't get 10. I, but if we, I would say under 10. 
Oh, and I don't, think that's, I don't think that's a bad return. No, it's pretty good. I go against the grain. I mean, I don't know. How many games are left? Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think just echo your sentence. I think Guangzhou aren't as bad as the league table suggests, but they just can't finish. Yeah. I saw it against Incheon, they were all over. Not all over, but they definitely had the lion's share of possession against Incheon. If they had a finisher, if they had Jung Jog up from last season, they would have easily destroyed Incheon that day, um, last weekend. They've got a finisher now. I think you know. Who knows? He might get. He might get more than ten. I, wa- I want to say just for the, for the, the sake of being different. different. Just for the sake of being different. More than ten. More than ten. Matt Bean, the final jersey. Six. Six British players to play in Korea. Yeah, um, the three that played for Busan back in the day. Yeah. Jamie Pearson played. Yeah. yeah. That one, that one, for the yeah, Busan, he, he played for Busan back in the day yeah. with um, Chris Marsden and Chris Marsden. That was it. Yeah. Um, uh, I forget the other guy. That was a bit random, wasn't it? Then Dalian Atkinson used to play for Taejon. He did, yeah. And then Asuma played for a couple of clubs. Daegu, like he played for Daegu and maybe Pohang. Pohang as well, was it, really? So. Well, keep notes for the next quiz, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think the first three at Busan struggled and left very quickly. The other two stuck around for at least a full season each. I think, I think yeah, I think, as you said earlier, and also what Bayan said, is that people just come over here and just think it should be a really easy ride. Yeah, and it's not. It's a very physical league. It's quick. The players are technically very good. I think if, you know, McGinn is played at a high level. He's obviously played for like, teams like Celtic and Aberdeen have been doing well in the SPL the past few years. Obviously, he's a professional. He's not going to come over here and think he's just going to walk away with like the MVP. MVP, I don't really like that phrase, but you know, the MVP award for top goal scorer. Um, so I think I think he'll he'll know that it's not going to be easy. But and he, he's played for Northern Ireland, right? Yeah, yeah. He's got really Northern Ireland. I don't see why not if he's, if he's playing and he's doing well. And yeah, I don't see why not because it is the top flight in, in Korea. Not going to be playing in the second division or somewhere obscure. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, we are in a league that does have the champions of Asia in it right now. So it's not like K League is a huge. It's not this step down that I think a lot of people Someone's got a might think. Summer, is it? You know what I mean? Right, like you know, you could make the argument, and I would, that K League is the best league in Asia. Football wise, can argue. Football wise, yeah. I mean, there are the trophies the to back it up. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Said it. Yeah. Right. Uh, before we get too controversial, I think we should move on to this weekend's fixtures. Yeah. Uh, where will you be this weekend, Ryan? This weekend, uh, I will be playing Dungeons and Dragons. Actually. So no, no live football. Dungeons uh, and I'm Dragons. No. Su- Sunday night, I'm going to do the. Uh, I'm going to do the double where I've got the TV going and the computer going and the phone going. Actually, so it'll be the triple. Okay. But uh, saving it up for Sunday. Paul, I will be watching Dead John. Home to Buchan. Um, not expecting a win, but I'm hoping for at least a draw. Buchan obviously in the top four still. Um, so it's not going to be easy, but given the, we won last week, we drew the week before, a draw is not beyond the realm of possibility, I don't think. And Matt? I've contemplated a trip to Incheon tomorrow. I'm still not sure whether I'm going to do it. I've also, you know, I'm in the rain. Yeah, I, I was. John Booker also playing on a Saturday. It could be a nice weekend down to Jonju, but if it's raining, I don't know. I don't Quite know. literally, a fair weather fan. Uh, it is when it's it is when it's a three-hour trip. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so in, in classic tomorrow we've got Poang Chon Nam, Chonbuk Ulsa and Incheon Tegu. Sunday sees Suwon Cheju, Kwangju yeah. Seoul and uh, Kangwon Sangju. 
any any points to make about those games? Anything to look out for? I would say actually the Inchon Degu game because mm. just like last week, it's a big relegation six pointer. Yeah. Inchon have you know they've got seven points out of the last nine nine possible points. They're home to Degu. They've got a, a great chance to really say right, we aren't going to tolerate this relegation scrap any longer. We are going to try and look up the table. And I think they will. I think they'll get a result at home to Daegu. Okay. Do. We've got the two company derbies this weekend. We've got the Hyundai and Posco derbies going on. I wasn't going to use that name. Yeah, you know what? It's marketing. Um, but if you, you know, if you ignore the the branding, it is the top two. It is the top two. I, I, yeah, I think that's the, the, well, the last five games. Four of them have been draws. Three of them goalless. So there, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be tuning in for exciting football. I think I got draw football. written all over it. Um, maybe, be, maybe a goal. You know, maybe. It could be a high-scoring draw, but in, it all kind of only. I think I don't think they've scored three outside of the Champions League. I can't remember them scoring well, they three goals. Should have scored three last weekend, but I think it's going to be one all. Okay, we're getting on the predictions. Could, could be a big statement for Bolsan. Good. Right. And uh, in the challenge, see Arsan versus Songnam on Saturday. Songnam have now got Kim Dong Chan. They signed him um, on, a, on a free. He was the, the top scorer of the challenge last year. He came on as a sub, didn't he? He came on as a sub last week, yeah. I, I, he, that is a... In terms of signings in that league, he's as, as good as it gets. Like, he's, he's guaranteed goals. He's guaranteed, that, that's guaranteed song a place in the top four. Sunday sees Tejon Puchan, as you mentioned. Yep. Monday, you've got Kyungnam Anyang and Suwon Pusan. And then, presumably, there's a, a concert at Chamshil this weekend because Elan are playing Ansan at the end of July. Yeah, the game was cancelled, or the scheduled. I couldn't find out why. I, I trolled both teams' websites. Just, I was just told it was moved. There's no explanation. There, there must be something on a damn show. Concert, surely. They had, oh, they had that dance festival every week, but I don't know what else is, is due here. The field's in great shape from the last concert, so... Right, um, it's been good talking to you. I'd love to talk more, but our 30-minute podcast is heading towards an hour, and our beer glasses are all dry, so... Uh, I think we call it a wrap here. More Boddingtons and pie. More Boddingtons and pies. He's getting the British spirit already. Yeah. Uh, for the outro music, um, I think Niall McGinn's come in here. People are expecting good things. He could be the, the, the biggest legend to hit the, the K-League if it all works out. So I'm going to go with Sinead O'Connor. Nothing compares to you. Nice. <laughs> nice. Take it away, Maestro.